Welcome to another episode of the MaxCast. Uh, I'm Max Marcus, and today we have a, my guest is a comic down in Chattanooga, uh, Jeff Greenspan. Oh, hey. That sounds weird, Chattanooga. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Chattanooga comic. Well, we know each other from New York, but you're down in Chattanooga now. <laughs> For now, as long as New York keeps behaving the way it's behaving, then yes. Yeah. How was, um, this is the first episode since, uh, since Joe was declared the winner, and it seems like uh, unless some shit really goes south, uh, he will be the president. Uh, what, was, what was the vibe down in Chattanooga? Well, Chattanooga is pretty progressive and pretty, uh, I mean, there weren't parades here, um, and there are people riding around with Trump flags, but the city itself is, uh, judging by like the Facebook groups that I'm in from Chattanooga, is, is happy and yeah. uh, yeah, I mean, it's a progressive, Chattanooga itself is pretty progressive in a solidly red state. You know? Yeah, yeah, that was that was what was cool being down there. Just everyone I talked to was just kind of like, uh, seemed just like cool and artsy. And there, everyone was like, no, we don't really uh, fuck with the rest of the state that hard. Um, yeah, if you think about it, New York's not that different. If you go upstate New York, you can be, you might as well be in the South. If you go to Staten Island, you know, <laughs> <laughs> there was a, I um I found out I got a text from my dad that was just like oh thank God it's over I like checked the app like on um Associated Press on Google uh, it had not updated yet and then I got the AP notification and then I just hear screaming and pots and pans just outside my window it was uh, yeah I, I do I do regret that I wasn't in New York for that celebration Dude, Brooklyn was crazy I went down to um McCarran Park which is like right at the edge of uh, Williamsburg and uh Greenpoint and it, it looked like a music festival it was there's like a punk band playing uh people were dancing it was like the most lively I've seen New York in probably like almost a year that's fantastic especially given how you know dismal it's been with not being able to be out you know gathering in groups except for protests it's good to yeah see yeah it was cool to see people celebrate and it was cool to see like down the streets of Brooklyn just people out and people walking around it's like it almost looked weird like to see so many people in the streets which is like what it's supposed to be what it like always has been it's a surreal year huh yeah yeah i um i kind of i don't know well, i was nervous the whole way through part of me was just from like through like screenwriting and like from like a narrative point of view, I was like, we're owed something. There has to be some good thing that happens. It can't just be like shit, 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 shit. And then even worse. And then just, it's out of just set down like another four years of awfulness. At least now it'll be like, maybe. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, he's contesting the election and McConnell has joined him in this. So. Yeah. So that's scary. But a lot of people are like, I mean, it's not like, it's not like 2000. It's not like this hinges on one state. They're going to have to flip. About a, a party like the Republicans where almost no senior leadership has acknowledged the loss. Yeah. Yeah. I did see that Trump's now saying that he's considering running again in 2024, which makes it seem like he's almost, he's like coming to like the acceptance phase of uh, the losing. Yeah. He's in bargaining right now. Yeah, he might be at bargaining right now. Um, I would argue this man has been stuck in the bargaining stage for his entire life. Yeah, or denial. Uh, <laughs> somewhere between those two, just for as long as he's been alive. Um, 
But yeah, were you surprised? Because you you thought that it might it wasn't going to go as well, or yeah, do you think I was surprised? I lost money on this. I lost money as in dinners. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, Did you um? Well, I there's like sports gambling. There's like political gambling sites. I think through like the same sports stuff, but I I, I didn't do it. I was like I should like because uh, obviously I voted for Biden, but I was like maybe I should put money on Trump because then even if it's awful and he wins, I I make some money off of it. You feel bad. <laughs> um i'd be like oh this sucks but i uh i don't know the the bookies all had biden at the advantage and they were oh, really? the bookies the bookies were more right than uh the pollsters the pollsters yeah. still were not that good so what is this background is this wallpaper or, or tarp it's a tarp it's, it's a tarp. um yeah look it's like, it's like oh i thought i saw an eye in there yeah That's yeah great. i got it at um a renaissance festival like last year that's really good what were you doing at the renaissance festival um that's where uh i was celebrating uh my girlfriend's birthday at the time who i'm no longer with did you dress up huh you guys dress up oh did we dress up no not really did i um i bought that and i bought a knife but i did not i did not dress (laughs) up um but yeah it was uh it was a fun time, but um, that doesn't matter. That was a while ago. Um, the other thing is, uh, we talked about it a little bit. I just came down to Chattanooga and did your um, your your show down there, which is really fun at uh, the boat, the boat in uh, Chattanooga. Um, other comics should definitely check it out. I know that uh, Charlie Dawson's coming down next week. Next, well, not next week, but the next show, which will be oh. uh, November 20th. We do it the first Friday and third Friday of every month. In right. this really cool hotel where I <clears throat> rented an apartment on the top floor here. And I have a second bedroom that I kind of keep open for comics who come through. You were here with Ted Barden. And on yeah. the 20th, we've got Charlie Dawson, Matt Bowman, Igor Martinez, and Leland Long. Those are the New York cats. And then Steve Atkinson is also from New York, but he's been living in Florida and mm. He'll be driving over. So we got those cats plus me and Bridget Martin, who's a local. We've always got locals on the show. Last week we had uh, Cedric Middlebrooks, who's amazing. Mm-hmm. Menno and Joe were here just now. Menno Fernandez and Joe Mahoney, and they picked up a bunch of spots. They got guest spots at uh, the Comedy Catch, the the yep. local club. And after doing those, they were offered some feature spots uh, down the line because they're opening that up now. Oh, um, nice! I will try to get in touch with them because they, I think they liked you there. Yeah, I, I need to get back in contact with them. They were, uh, that's a cool club. I like, it felt good to be like on stage in front of real people again, where it's like, like the, I like the backyard show I've been doing and I have another backyard show at a friend's place tonight, but it's just, it's not the same as being like on a stage inside in front yeah. of people. Yeah, there's something special about that for sure. Mm-hmm. But what we, one of the things that, uh, I guess I kind of knew about you, but didn't, uh, know exactly what you did is that you worked at uh facebook for a while yeah just for a year a, oh, just yeah, a, year? a little over a year i think a year and a, one month or two months yeah how was that you're saying that uh what was your story about um uh zuckerberg having you have like solutions for problems oh you know? yeah well you know a lot of the things i worked on at facebook we i was in a group uh originally initially called the communication design group comd and we were tasked with trying to find ways of um, expressing what Facebook stands for in, in, in some kind of humanistic terms, you know, and translating all this tech into something that 
has a feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and feelings weren't really a, a, not a strong suit for, for Mark yeah. <laughs> or, or Facebook as an entity. Um, but yeah, what I worked on, uh, you know, my team, the team that I was on, uh, we had access to data that told us that people were moving into smaller and smaller circles of influence. They were speaking to fewer people. They were sharing fewer uh, ideas outside their own groups, being exposed to fewer media outlets. And they, that creates like these echo chambers. And if these chambers mm-hmm. split off, you can wind up in, you know, dual reality. So we, you know, I'm, worked on a project where it was called, it was an opposite button and you would press the button and it would repopulate your newsfeed to show you the news and stories of the people that you were still linked with in your life, but that you had the least ideologically in common with. And we presented it to him and he was, he said, uh, uh, you have amazing solutions to problems I don't have. Yeah. <laughs> but like, Did you just fire me via a riddle? Like what, what, what the hell was that? Yeah. yeah. But it's just like, I think that would have helped. I think I think a lot of the issues we've seen, especially through social media, is that we don't have anything like that. Um, yeah, I, I think that if you invite a billion people or more to come into a place to communicate, and then you kind of say, hey, but we don't want to nudge how people communicate, that's, that's irresponsible. And so when I yeah. was there, you know, we were just approaching a billion users, and our team was really interested in like what, what are the ethics and, and what are the um, positive nudges that we could offer without being, you know, authoritative or, or, or dictating how people should behave. But there's crazy debates. Like people would debate for days about like that little bar where it says, what's on your mind? Like yeah. that could be a triggering statement, you know, like you know, <laughs> there were subtle things like just changing what that says yeah. or having them be different, different prompts to the not so subtle, which might be a TV commercial or, a new a new way to roll something out on the on the platform mm. i mean one of the other things i tried to to get created there was you know when you get invited to an event could you list yourself as a designated driver if you've got billions of people on the platform and just you know uh just if one percent of the people who who may have driven drunk don't because they were able to get a ride and negotiate a ride through facebook friend but these things didn't happen there these ideas were kind of like they would take the ideas and they'd be like thank you very much and then they who knows what they did with them? Yeah. I mean, I know what they did with them. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was a weird. If you were lucky, they would take something you made and they would test it in New Zealand. Like they would do it <laughs> yeah. in New Zealand, you know, because it's a small population and they're pretty isolated and they don't have a lot of ins and outs, you know, so. So was it weird for you when like during the 2016 election, there's all the stuff about like Cambridge Analytica and uh, the role they played. Were you surprised by it or could you have seen that coming? I didn't see it coming and I didn't, wasn't aware of any of that stuff, but it, it stands to reason that if you have this uh, uh, insane uh, database of information, that it's quite valuable to people to, who want to manipulate your thinking about reality. And if people are paying for that in rubles, mm-hmm. I think, uh, yeah, someone should have been a little bit more uh, focused on what's, what's good for the common, uh, what's, what's, what's working towards the common good here. Yeah, because I feel like this whole uh, not seeing the other feed and just like going more and more in your bubble. I messaged you about this, but there's this new uh, social media app, Parlor, And I think that was like the next obvious step in it where it's like uh, people probably don't know this, but Parler is a new app that's basically like Twitter or Facebook, but it's 
it's only conservatives, or at least that's what they're trying to be. Uh, and it's just so funny because this is the I same a, people. A dismally unfunny place. <laughs> yeah, a very unfunny place, probably void of any real like art or um like intellectual pursuits. But it's just so funny because it's the same people who are like, oh, do you need a safe space? You like little snowflake? And now they literally created their own safe space. And yeah. it's like, I started just saying liberal shit in there. Um, which people can follow me at Max Marcus Comedy. Um, <laughs> and someone said to me, he's like, what are you doing here? Get on, t- go back to Twitter. And it's like, I thought this was like, it's being presented as a, um, a place of free speech and free thought. And it's so obviously not that. Of course. Of course. It's fascinating um, how you can package something. But I'm trying to believe the packaging. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's so funny because like other social media you join and it's like, you join Instagram and it's like, why don't you follow NASA to look at space photos or like Nat Geo and look at like animals. You join um, Parlor and it's like, why don't you follow Ted Cruz? <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like Ted Cruz and Sean Hannity are like their biggest names. It's so weird. That's Dennis Miller must be over there. I imagine. Uh, probably. I imagine. Um, but it's just like, I've been trying to just get comics on there. I've been trying to get like... Um, you asked me to go on there, but I just thought it was going to make me more angry. I really don't want to be any more angry than I already am. <laughs> it might. It's just so interesting. I like... Um, well, that's the thing. I'm addicted to um, arguing with people on Facebook, uh, like conservatives. And um, it's so dumb. You with yourself? Come on. Why do you, yeah. you do this with your energy? It's just fun. I don't know. I like <laughs> it. <laughs> but then this becomes an app that's only that. So it's only instead of like having to find the person through like the NPR comment section, it's now just like uh, no matter. I just open the app and it's craziness. Um, <laughs> but I'm also trying to get it filled with like leftists and like um, like transgendered communists. That's like I'm really trying to flood it with. Uh, well, can they have their little space? No. <laughs> well no one else does i mean that's the thing it's like people are like oh facebook's so liberal and it's like dude it's really a lot of people's conservative uncles so it's like you already had you already had facebook facebook's pretty like uh conservative you needed to like it well because really i think it was just they well, wanted- I don't understand about twitter like if they could just choose who they follow on twitter so- yeah well the issue is that twitter's now like fact checking and are putting in messages like this is not true and they don't like that. Or they're just like, hey, uh, that's hate speech. You can't really say the N-word. And they're just like, well, let's go to parlor. We can say it there. <laughs> it's just like. Yeah, it's, it's really important for people to say, you know, the words they uh, they desperately need to say. Yeah. No. So it's, um, I just have friends. I mean, obviously comics, I had you up. I have a friend who's like very leftist. Like, I don't know what, uh, like he's done with like Antifa, but I know he's like friends with that whole crew. Um, so I just think that would be a fun bunch to get onto Parlor and just like. Okay, so we should follow you uh, at where on, on Parlor? Uh, Max Marcus Comedy on Parlor. Someone was like, I up and it's like it's like Reddit you where you can Parler? tell people how to spell it. Yeah, it's a P A R L E R. It's a uh, it's a weird place. Um, I saw a comic who I actually like and um respect even if uh like our views are different and he was saying he was going to parlor and i didn't even think it was political i thought it was just like this is the new app it's like maybe the new like kind of like how like try to like hop on tiktok or something even before i was like i'm gonna be like the first to get onto this like build a following and then i get on it and i'm just like wait where am i (laughs) (laughs) all right maybe i'll all right i'll download it right now how's that yeah it's um 
It's pretty interesting. The interface could not be worse. Um, <laughs> of course, because we look who made it. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> no empathy. <laughs> yeah, it's like it'll say like something did not post. This is the other thing that's weird about Parlor. So to be able to oh, comment unbiased social media. Yeah, unbiased social media that's only conservatives, but it's so funny. It's um, you need to be like verified to post links or even like pictures or gifts on someone else's post and the way to get verified is they need to they'll scan and take a picture of either your driver's license or like your passport mm -hmm. and it's just like dude even facebook doesn't ask for that shit and we're like they know too much about us it's like you're just going to give them like government files and shit it's like i don't get how like these these anti like government like that's like the most paranoid people about like the deep state and whatever would then just give out their like driver's license to these fucking billionaire app developers or whoever. It's just so weird. It's so weird. Um, but uh, the other, the other place uh, <laughs> we were talking that you worked at was a uh, Buzzfeed. Yeah. After Facebook, I went to Buzzfeed. That's why I left Facebook. I should have stayed at Facebook. I think. Yeah. You think Facebook would have been better to stay at than Buzzfeed? The pitch that Buzzfeed made to me was, you know, they knew I, I had known the CEO of BuzzFeed a little bit prior to working there, Jonah Peretti, who did a lot of viral projects and collard projects on the internet. And his sister is a comedian, Chelsea Peretti. Um, oh, shit. I didn't realize that. And uh, so we knew each other. And he, he kind of knew that all this, he was aware of the things I was pitching at Facebook. And he knew that they weren't going to make any of those things. And at the time, BuzzFeed was, uh, you know, really. Um, was like a stand-in for internet culture at one point, popular mm -hmm. internet culture, at least mainstream internet culture. And so uh, he was like, you know, all those things that you don't make at, at Facebook, you, sh you can make them at BuzzFeed. And that was a really intriguing idea. You know, I was already making pretty good money at, at, at Facebook and they were going to take care of me, you know, in the future if I had stayed. Um, but I really wanted to make stuff or I, I really thought I was going to get to make stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and they also let me hire uh, a couple of friends, you know? So, mm -hmm. um, I was able to hire the people that I was doing these kind of viral projects with. They got jobs too. And we became like a little team and it didn't last very long. I think I was there for like six months. Seven months. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know if you want to get into like what, uh, the, what went down there or I know you're talking yeah, about. I mean, you know, they, uh, I try to see from their point of view now. I didn't at the time, but you know, they were in startup mode and they really need to make certain numbers and need to close that the engine of that was the sales department. And yeah. um, I didn't think that the chief creative officer or the creative department was supposed to be beholden to the sales department. Um, yeah. I know we have to work together. So you know, an example is, you know, if, if someone in sales has a, a meeting with a, with a big, you know, a big brand, you know, some dog food brand, and they want to spend X hundreds of thousands of dollars on Buzzfeed, well, you know, there's this input, there's this, there's this, uh, there was this um, uh, race to go in and present ideas really, to me, in my, in my mind, pretty shoddily, like, just let's grab some ideas and throw them together for this meeting. And my process was, let's figure out what, what, what's your business goal? What are your competitors saying? Do a kind of a, a somewhat of a responsible audit of what, what is out there? What's the culture talking about? Let's, let's figure out some strategy of what, we're, how, what do we want to say and how do we want to say it? And their view was I was old school and old and that's the old ad world. And we have to move fast and break things, which is a poster that you see everywhere at Facebook, although BuzzFeed was kind of co-opting it. 
And they were like, hey, we need to just move fast and do things fast and just throw things against the wall. And I was like, yeah, that's not what I do. And <laughs> they felt like I was slowing things down and they, they thought I was there to accelerate things. Mm. And it became my, my take on it was that they really just wanted a, a, a fast food clerk who would take a bunch of orders and throw out some slop. And, you know, I, I, the things that I was making that, that did go viral, that, they, that, they, that brought me to their attention, weren't just thrown together in, in 10 minutes. You know? mm-hmm. So I didn't manage up, as they say. <laughs> I, managed, I was able to get the people below me to get paid better. I was able to get the people who, who reported into me, uh, I think, more interesting projects. I think I was able to help some clients do some, some work that was interesting. But they were, at the time, even when I left, they were still stuck in list, making lists and selling lists to brands. And, yeah. and also there was, you know, there was this thing called native advertising. It's law, it used to be a real big buzzword, but it was pretty much the same thing as advertorials in magazines where it looks like it's part of, you know, the magazine you're reading, but it's actually a paid, it's paid content. And I think there's some ethical lines that were being blurred. Yeah. Yeah. I think we talked about that also. Like I worked for someone who um, basically would rail, who was very conservative uh, and would rail against the New York times, but then buy out ads and kind of buy those ads out in the New York times. So it was a weird, it was like a very weird, uh, business practice uh, of just like railing against like the liberal media, but then also like kind of p- paying to put your lies in it. So it was just like, well, you're the one lying in the New York Times. I mean, um, all these all these media outlets are are biased towards the people who, who feed them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, we kind of touched on this at the beginning, but um, you're now down in uh, down in Chattanooga. Yeah, um, yeah, doing uh, doing some cool comedy stuff down there. Got a good show going. Um, Every two weeks, we've had, yeah. we had our third one. It was the third sellout show in a row. You were in the second one. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, it was cool. I got uh, it was a good experience. I um, well, the thing I tell people from that uh, weekend that I think like hit the most was probably the last night with like the uh, the couple from Alabama. Um, just because they liked me and they wanted me to um go back up on stage and i was just like oh well i know people in new york think i'm funny um i've like done well here and i was like oh so people in alabama like me too it's just kind of like it, yeah. it like kind of solidified like oh i could maybe go in my I, where i thought that i would be more niche i was like oh maybe i can actually go out and uh be more successful and more yeah. more it's people than, than i would have thought um but i kind of wanted to get into like uh how you how you chose chattanooga or how you ended up down there i ended up in chattanooga it was a weird kind of coincidence um as a lot of things are (laughs) i I, before the pandemic i had been toying with the idea and talking with a friend about uh a friend was turning me on to the idea of buying some property in in tennessee uh there are these properties you can buy and then you airbnb airbnb them out to vacationers and you know as I'm, i'm 50 and as i'm getting older i've got i got to figure out some way of getting some kind of passive income in the future yeah and so then when everything hit the fan, I jokingly said to my friend, I'm like, well, maybe that retirement home is the one I should live in. Maybe I should just go buy a house in, 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 in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. He goes, well, if you're going to go to Tennessee, you should talk to this guy, David Littlejohn. David Littlejohn owns an ad agency and runs an agency called Humanot in Chattanooga, which is an odd location for an award-winning agency. There's not, it's not New York, LA, or Chicago, you know? Yeah. I, I didn't really have any interest in, in reaching out to an ad agency. I was really only interested in going somewhere that was 
let me let me do comedy. But then coincidentally, that same night, that same David Littlejohn had an ad up on a on a on a on a website that's made for uh, creatives to find work. And he was looking for a senior creative. So I called him up and we had a two hour chat and super, super honest, absolutely very honest chat. I had been locked up in my apartment for like a month or two months at that point. And um, he was like, Hey, let's, he's like, you don't need to move. To, he really only wanted to hire people who were going to move to Chattanooga prior to the pandemic. But once this hit, he's like, let's just have you work from New York remotely. And I wound up working with Steve Malloy, who's another New York comic who I've done a lot of ad work with. And we were, sending them ideas that they really liked. And then they, they brought us down here for a month to be comedians and residents. And they gave us a, an apartment in a hotel and they extended us to a second month. And then when I came back to New York and I saw what the landscape was like, I, I called the hotel that I was living in and I said, Hey, if I rented out that apartment on my own, would you let me run a show every two weeks in the lobby? They have this big, huge lobby that holds probably about 200 people. And we, we limit it to 40 audience members. And so far it's been great because the hotel wants to have something. They want people to come in and have a good time yeah. and it's still a socially distanced show. And so far it's been working. I've been able to give all the comics money. Um, you know, the, the New Yorkers tend to get around 50 bucks and the, the ones who come from maybe the other uh, outlying areas, maybe, you know, sometimes it's 20 or 30, but mm -hmm. it's all based on tips. Yeah. So, so far it's been pretty good. People have been tipping. People have been enjoying it. People coming back. We've had someone, we had one couple come to all three shows. Wow. So that's great. Yeah, no, that's cool. I um, uh, I definitely liked um. I I mean, obviously, maybe it's because I was like uh, doing so much comedy down there that I made a bias. But I definitely liked uh, Chattanooga and Tennessee a lot more, uh, than I than I would have thought that I'd like. Me too. Outside of New like York or like the Northeast. Um. Well, that's, um. Did you bring uh? Did you bring Menno and uh the other guys to Rock City? I did. We know we were going to go and we wound up having, we wound up just losing track of time and we didn't make it. We were going to go, but they had yeah. a pretty packed week because, you know, they did the open mic at the comedy catch and they did the, the show open mic at JJ's on Thursday. And then mm -hmm. on Friday, you know, they had my show plus their two guest shows, their guest spots over at uh, the comedy catch. And then on mm -hmm. Saturday they got guest spots again. So they had a really busy week mm -hmm. by Saturday. <laughs> yeah. No, that's cool. I mean, it's definitely how you've kind of like worked out this uh, this show that like leads comics to get the guest spots over at like the local comedy club has been really cool. I, yeah, um, we, we planned it. I mean, Bridget Martin is this woman down here who's a comic who has, you know, we've been working together to try to lay a foundation down here for like a, 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 a I guess, a post-pandemic comedy scene. Yeah. And she's been great. She knows everybody. She's a great comic and she's, you know, been introducing me around to folks and um yeah we set it up so that you know the boat show at the hotel that i'm at is every other week so it coincides with the open mic at the comedy catch which is also every other week on wednesdays mm -hmm. and every week on a thursday there's a show at jj's so there's always stuff for comics to do and we've got yeah. uh, you know dan pozzello's coming down soon kyle maris coming down soon uh joey rinaldi's coming down soon i believe nice um so yeah, it should be pretty cool. And, and then when some of the comics come by, they swing by the ad agency, which is a uh, humanot and they've auditioned for roles. Some of them have got some paid gigs already. Uh, oh, yeah. Comics who just got callbacks. They sent in their auditions uh, via zoom, but the comics who come into town, like Ted Barden and, and Menno and Joe, they just go down to the studio and they film their auditions. And 
hopefully they'll you did an audition i believe right yeah i've not heard back from them yet for the the cbd thing uh, i mean i've gotten the call back then i don't know i don't work there so yeah no it's cool um and definitely uh i mean i'd be more interested in like the writing side uh-huh. of it than the than the acting in it but um, we've, been, we've been bringing comics into the writing uh too uh you know we i ran a writer's room of a bunch of comics and tom luciano was in there and nick Talelli and Mena fernandez oh, nice. and, uh we had a you know a bunch of comics in there i can't remember everybody's name right now it was a bunch um and uh we uh we found like a really a lot of cool ideas came out of that writer's room and that kind of evolved to David Littlejohn, the guy who runs human out and I talking about it becoming a roast. Like what if we roasted brands? Yeah. Through the insults, we could actually find insights because if there's a truth there, it could be something, it could be a, a blind spot that a client, that a brand could shore up. It could mm-hmm. be by making fun of the category, you might find an interesting premise for a commercial. You might find an interesting strategy or a new product extension based on being made fun of, you yeah. know? And so, yeah, no. yeah, we put together this roast thing and the comics who, who, um, are, who do it, they'll get like 750 bucks for each roast. They'll spend a week writing the jokes and an hour pretty much on a Zoom, like performing them. And we're hopefully going to lock that up soon. Some clients have been biting and I think they're just showing up the contracts then and that'll start rolling out soon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that sounds really cool. Definitely, if there's any opportunities, I'm down. To yeah, try. I mean, of course, of course. Just yeah. With yeah. that, um, yeah, the um, the uh, the New York comedy up here has been uh, has been all right. I'm going to. Uh, I just did uh, my backyard show yesterday. How'd it go? It was pretty good. I got. Um, I have another one that uh, I have to get to soon in bushwick but i got um ian finance to be on both of them back to back he's cool yeah no he's he's great i'm gonna try to get him on uh this podcast at some point um soon um but yeah this kind of might be a shorter a little shorter episode than normal but that also might interesting enough to keep it going for you (laughs) no this was good i just gotta i just had to get to bushwick um right, it was really great having you here i love the shirt with the ducks on. oh it. yeah thanks thanks yeah that was a good shirt it's like five dollars at marshall's uh that's amazing dude oh if you see another one get me one. Oh yeah for sure i um i was gonna say um but yeah i don't think i think it's good that it might be a shorter one people might uh listen to it more <laughs> if well if anyone's interested in the show if they're a new york comic and they want to be on the show they can just uh you know hit me up uh at, yeah you know, jeffgreenspan.com is my website you can email yeah. me and there's uh info about the lineups or at bodecomedy.com which just takes you to the team comedy website team comedy is you know me and jason Choi and tom luciano and steve malloy we were producing shows in new york and now we're i guess we're producing them in chattanooga now too yeah no i've been telling comics that i see up here definitely to like hit you up and uh, oh thank you so much out. yeah i uh, i had a great time down there and any comics who listen to this or just know me should uh definitely <laughs> reach out to jeff and uh yeah do, well, do thanks, for having me. thanks for having me talk with you on this thing and uh good luck at the uh at the mic man yeah yeah uh, thanks for doing this and right. uh thanks uh thanks for listening this has been another episode of the max cast i hope you enjoyed it